your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Stars podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Nash, bringing you a Friday edition of the show. Uh, you're probably hearing this Friday evening, so it's a little bit later in the day. We'll have another episode on Saturday, and then uh, next week we'll be have a busy week, and potentially it sounds like maybe a crossover episode coming with uh, Locked On Panthers, previewing the three games against the Florida Panthers, the Stars have coming up. So, uh, so lots of content headed your way as we finish up this month of February. On today's show, though, we've got more schedule updates as the Stars see another game postponed. This time it is the game Saturday against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That game has been postponed to the ongoing severe weather problems in the North Texas and in the state of Texas in general um, that has led to uh, power shortages, power outages, uh, boil water notices, water outages in, in homes. It's been uh, it's been a real mess and uh, it has led to uh, the Stars seeing another game postponed. That's now four this week that have been postponed, all scheduled to take place at the AAC. Um, and the Stars aren't alone. The, uh, the Mavericks had a home game uh, postponed on Wednesday and then uh, a game against the Rockets this weekend in Houston postponed because of all of this. So uh, affecting the state as a whole. But it does mean that the Stars now have four games that will have to be rescheduled. No word on when those are going to be yet um, from the NHL as they try to sudden carve things out and, and get things going. Um, interesting note, and, I, and I, I saw this come from a couple different places, but... Uh, if the Stars do get those four games rescheduled, assuming they get them rescheduled and they still end their season on when the day their season was supposed to end, they would play 44 games in 78 days, which is absolutely uh, absurd. You're talking about less than a day and a half per average, or I guess just over a day and a half per average uh, between games. Um, so the potential for a pretty nuts schedule for the Stars to finish out the year. They're, uh, they're already well behind other teams in terms of games played. This would uh, These four games are going to add to that, and, and it's going to make for an interesting scheduling situation for the league. It's going to make for an interesting kind of planning and, and projecting situation for uh, for the Stars because you know, as it stands, they're well off the pace in their division, but they've played so many fewer games than the rest of their division. Uh, let's go ahead and we'll update you on the division real quick because I know it's been a while since we talked about it because we really haven't had hockey this week. Um, but we'll talk about that and then uh, following the rest of the show, uh, kind of update you on everything stars and then uh, we'll wrap up. We're going to look at the defense. We did the goalies on uh, we did the goalies on yeah Thursday. I'm trying to think of what today was. Thursday. Uh, where we kind of looked at Jake Cotton, Dranton, who opened uh, season so far, their performances, graded them, and then kind of projected the short-term and the long-term roles with the Dallas Stars. We're going to do something similar today with the defensemen. We may not get through them all. We may space this out over the next few days. I- I'm not sure exactly how I want to do this because I think this is a good exercise, but the Stars obviously have a lot of hockey right around the corner, so I don't want to get caught up in all that. But anyways, let's go ahead and get into it. In the Central Division right now, Stars still sit in at 6th. And uh, they're six points off of fifth. Columbus is in fifth. Six points off of Columbus with six games in hand, which is it's just that's a little microcosm of, of how it's going to be for the Stars for a good chunk of the season, is, is especially against these teams that they didn't have games canceled against. It uh, It's going to make for a much more 
difficult kind of projection and, and evaluation in terms of how good are they compared to said team because you know, now they're up to uh, they've had uh, four games against yeah four games against Tampa Bay postponed they've had uh, they've had two games against Nashville postponed and they've had I'm I'm brain you know forgetting the other one who was the other Florida two games against Florida postpone they'll make up one of those games against florida in this next week against against the trip that was uh, at the beginning of the season so you know it, besides those so columbus chicago detroit which detroit's not very good anyways carolina they're going to be somewhat off the pace of some of these teams in terms of games played because they've played their games against those teams and then had games other games yeah postponed and, and stuff like that so anyways back to the standings uh star sitting six we'll work our way from the bottom up detroit not very good hockey team 11 points through 18 really no concern for anybody in the division there same with nashville 12 points through 16 i don't think nashville's very good i think they're worse than maybe we thought they were going to be don't think they're a concern i think it's the top six that are kind of competing for things within this division now if you go off win percentages alone the star sitting fifth behind the chicago blackhawks but we're going to go off of points because that's how the standings actually matter star sitting six, uh, six with 14 points through 12 columbus is in fifth with 20 points through 18 so a six point difference columbus up by six points but with six games in hand the stars have six games in hand rather against columbus uh, Carolina, who obviously has beaten the Stars now four times in the first four games they've played each other, uh, up by this on the Stars by seven points. Stars have just two games in hand. Carolina definitely outperforming Dallas. Then you go to Tampa Bay, 21 points through 14. They're in third. Same thing, they're outperforming the Stars. Chicago sits in second, 22 points through 18. So we had again, the Stars have six games in hand. That's a potential of 12 points, and they're only down eight. So it's, you know, it's one of those things that that's a team that I think it's tough to project. I think if you're kind of looking at this team right now, you're going, okay, I think they're better. They're definitely better than Detroit. They're definitely better than Nashville. I think they're better than Columbus. Um, you know, they've only played Columbus on the road. They split those games. Um, and, uh, but, but you look off win percentage, I think they're better. Their be- goals, goal differential, they're better. Um, six points in six games. The stars even struggling like they are now, are almost a lock to make up that gap and a little bit um, over a six game stream. You know, I, they're going to win three of those six games. I'm, I'm confident in that. So, um, you, you know, I, I think they make that difference up. So then it becomes a top five kind of discussion. And I still think Florida, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Dallas, Na- uh, Chicago, I think those are the best teams in the division right now. Um, I think it's, I think it's that five in that order, but Chicago is definitely going to make it more interesting than we thought at the beginning of the year. A lot of people had Chicago at the bottom of the division. I had them second to last. I think that I think they're top five, they're definitely top six in the division. I think they're top five and I think they may be in the mix for a playoff spot. Columbus, if they can kind of right the ship a little bit, could get in that mix as well, but there's a definitive top six, Nashville, Detroit. I, I don't want to be. Uh, too overly ambitious in writing them off, but I'm pretty confident in writing them off. I, I Detroit, there's no way in Nashville it would take a pretty gargantuan uh, shift in how they're playing. They got a minus 19 goal differential through 16 games. It would take a, and they haven't lost an OT. They're six ten and zero. Um, so uh, it would take a pretty pretty massive for the turnaround from them to uh, to kind of get their. Um, their their uh their season back on track. And I said win percentage earlier when I sorted. I mean I mean points percentage habit of uh baseball. My background is baseball. I go win percentage when I look at that stuff. Points percentage. Stars have point five eight three fifty eight point three percent of possible points. Columbus has fifty five point six percent of possible points. Stars about uh twenty percent. Uh 
sorry, 2% back of, uh, of Chicago, um, in that Chicago's at 61.1%. So, um, yeah, so, you know, it's going to be an interesting until they make up some of these games, it's going to be hard to project. I've talked about it, so we're not going to take it into it today, but if you're Dallas, you don't look at these games in hand as a, Hey, we've got the games in hand. So, so the difference, you know, we'll make up the difference. Then you got to make up the difference. Now you got to beat these teams. And then once the difference is made up, if you're tied with them and you have four games in hand, then you're sitting really pretty because you're going to end up ahead of them because you're not losing all four games with no points. I, I don't see that happening to the Dallas Stars team, especially considering hopefully they've got their worst stretch of the season out of the way in terms of, uh, in terms of results. Uh, let's step aside real quick. We come back, we'll dive into the Dallas stars defenseman. We'll work our way through what we get through today. Probably pop, uh, pop through a few more, um, on Saturday's show. And then, uh, I think next week, maybe we'll scatter the Fords in next week throughout the week and, um, and, and kind of, uh, talk about them and evaluate them as we move along. Um, before we step aside though, built bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's the best tasting protein bar on earth. It is unbelievable. They've got 18 crazy good flavors. My favorite is one of their new ones, cookies and cream. They've got 12 original, six new flavors, peanut butter, brownie, uh, banana bread, mint brownie, double chocolate, orange, raspberry, carrot cake. It's, uh, it's absurd. All the bars they have, and they have a, they have a bar. They sent me a bar, uh, boxes, like six of these, uh, it's coconut brownie, bars is, is i think is what it is oh my gosh they're um, it's up there with cookies and cream i'm gonna have to get some cookies and cream because i'm out of those and i'm gonna have to do like a little taste evaluation comparison because these these coconut brownie bars are fantastic these bars are covered in 100 chocolate they're soft and easy to chew they're great for the health conscious guy if you're trying to lose or maintain weight and indulge in a delicious treat look no further than built bar they're low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber if you're on the keto diet they are great for that the cookies and cream bar which is my favorite i'm still holding the favorite spot i took it over from banana bread not too long ago 17 grams of protein 130 calories four grams of sugar four grams of net carbs for a bar covered 100% chocolate. That's absolutely absurd. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Back here at the Locked On Stars podcast. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories and analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. Dallas Stars obviously have had seen more games rescheduled because of the, the craziness of the weather in Texas and all the resulting uh, power outages and all of that that has come with it. Once again, hope you're able to stay safe. Hope you have a, a warm place to be and, and running water and everything that you need to take care of you and your family. Um, and and uh, hope everything is well from that front. Uh, we're going to talk about the Dallas Stars defensemen now. We evaluated the goaltenders uh, in, in Jake Ottinger and Anton Hudobin uh, yesterday um, and, and did kind of a uh, season, kind of their, their performance, season performance recap um, compared to expectations, graded them out, and, uh, and then projected their short-term and long-term kind of roles with the Stars if they have one. A uh, little teaser there if you didn't catch Thursday episode, if they have a role with the Stars past the season, go check that out. But uh, we're going to do, we're going to roll through some of the defensemen today. Um, we'll start with them and then we'll kind of work our way, uh, into the forwards. Probably do defensemen the next two days and then, and then we'll do the forwards, um, at the, uh, in, in the next week. 
Um, let's start with uh, we're gonna work our way backwards. We'll start with our way backwards. So we'll do uh, we'll do the uh, the bottom three demon. This uh, well, hmm, how do you want to do this? Yeah, let's do the bottom three, and uh, and Jamie Lexiak, and we're gonna save the the big boys, Essa Lindell, Mir Haskin, and John Klingberg for uh, for next week. Um, we'll do that. Um, so let's look at, uh, let's look at Joel Hanley, start with him six games for the stars. He's filled in, uh, with, in, uh, with Andre Secker missing time due to, uh, being on the COVID protocol list. Um, you know, six, uh, Hanley's not one that's going to rack up the points, right? We all know that. Um, although he did score the, uh, opening goal of the Stanley Cup finals, first career goal. Uh, I think I've said it a few times on this show. But his career high in points, it's six points in ten games with Montreal. His uh, his rookie season in the NHL. Since then, zero 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 two zero two coming last year with the Stars in eight games to assist. So he's got eight career points in fifty two games. Not an offensive defenseman by any stretch, but what he is 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 a very solid seventh defenseman who can fill a role. That, and you're comfortable sticking him out there. I think for some teams he's a a, a very capable. Uh, third pairing defenseman I really think he is and for the stars you know he's filled in very well he's supplanted uh Taylor Fadoon with that seventh D-man role Taylor Fadoon was uh has not played yet for the stars this year was waived and now is uh uh I believe he's with the taxi squad now um so you know Joel Hanley's you know come in supplanted Taylor Fadoon who looked like a very you know we were talking about Taylor Fadoon being a very competent seventh defenseman and then he's been replaced by Joel Hanley um you know, you look at him from a defensive standpoint. He's solid, right? He's not going to do anything overly flashy. Um, you know, he's you know, he, I, if you're looking for a Miro Haskinen pass breakup with an empty net, uh, spin around pass breakup with an empty net uh, in a game you're trailing by one. You know, as as we saw against Carolina, um, he's not going to do that. You know, just to be truthful, that's not who he is. But what he does give you is 11, 12 minutes a night, solid def- defensive work. Um, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna be in the right spots. He's gonna make the right plays. Um, he's not gonna cause, you know, cause you too many issues um, in terms of, you know, turning the puck over or, or being out of position. And that's what you need, right, from a seventh defenseman, somebody who can come in and uh, and and make a positive difference. Um, and, and, and hold kind of at least help you tread water when somebody's out this so far, it's been Andre Secker who is back in the lineup, but I think Hanley's, you know, he's been very efficient in what he's been able to do for the team. Um, defensively, he's been sound. He, he's been able to, I mean, he just, he does, it's hard to, you know, cause he's not flashy. So you're not pointing anything over the top. It's like, wow, look at all this that he does. He just, he does his job and he does it well. And you, you're reliable when he's in the lineup. I don't feel that much more, you know, I'm not like, oh gosh, Joel Hanley, we're, we're onto a seventh defenseman here. No, I, I think he's going to fill in fine. I don't think he's going to make really many mistakes. And, uh, you know, he may not, he may not bring you up to Miro Haskin in levels of, of performances, but I think he's still going to do his, uh, do his job well. Um, as far as, uh, as far as his, uh, grade for the season, I think he's got to be, uh, let's say a B, you know, and, and it sounds harsh because I just talked about how well he does his job, but you know, the A's are for people who go above and beyond and have exceeded expectation. Um, you know, Joe Pavelski, oh, spoiler alert, he's probably going to get an A, right? Because he's exceeded what his expectations are, uh, of course, across the course of the season. Um, you know, Joel Hanley, this is what is expected of him. He's come in, done his job, done it well, hasn't, you know, hasn't really put his team in too many binds. 
that's solid B work. I think it's, it's, you know, that's above average kind of work in terms of how, how reliable he is. And he's getting credit for being a, a reliable defenseman, short-term projection projection. He's gonna be the seventh D man for this team for pretty much the rest of the year. Long-term's going to be interesting. Um, he's, uh, he, he's a UFA in 21, 22. Um, he'll be 29. The stars obviously have a, a talented young defenseman and Thomas Harley on the way up. Um, who is just not quite ready to be in the NHL this year, but I think probably is going to be very much in the mix next season. You know, is he back? I don't know. You know, because I think the Stars, you know, seventh D-man, while while having a good one is a big deal, you're not going to commit tons and tons of resources to keeping a good one, right? Especially because the Stars have some other talented defensemen in the organization. When they brought back Andre Sekera, he's under contract through, for, through next season. You know, that makes it tougher to keep keep Hanley around. Pesic will be on UFA. That helps his case a little bit. Um, but in the end, you know, I, I don't think I don't think they're bringing him back to be a starting defenseman next year. And so that way, you know, I'm not sure that they bring him back in in general. Just, you know, not because he's not doesn't, doesn't do his job and not reliable. I mean, I just spent five minutes telling you how you reliably is. Just you're not going to commit resources to a, a seventh defenseman. And if you're having to commit resources to uh, other defensemen, uh, you know, starters, I, I don't see, I think they're going to try to fill that, that seventh spot for maybe in the organization. Um, but you know, we'll have to see, we'll have to see what the stars decide to do. That's for sure. Uh, let's move on. We'll keep working our way up the defenseman rankings. Let's go to Pesek, Mark Pesek, who signed with the stars as a UFA this past season. He's played 12 games, has a goal, one point plus three rating. Um, Forgot Joel Hanley has a has an even rating. I, I didn't mention that earlier. He's skating just under 13 minutes a night. Um, you know he's been he's he's got a positive defensive point shares. Um, he has 12 hits, six block shots. He came in to be that third defenseman. He's kind of replacing the uh, the Roman Polak uh, hybrid by committee. Uh, third pairing role along, alongside Andre Sekera they had from last season. He's obviously flexible because he's played it as a forward already for this year for the Stars. He had done that previous, previously in his career, split time. Um, I know in Florida he skated as a forward. The Stars wanted him as a defenseman, kind of bring a little bit more of an, a, an, an attacking edge um, to that third pairing because last year it was pretty much just defense, defense, defense. Maybe bring a little bit more of a new variable for the Stars to that third pairing. Uh, you know, I think he's done a good job. You know, similar in the similar to the vein of of Joe Hanley, right? Not overly flashy. Going to bring a little bit more offensively than Hanley does, and and that's why obviously he, he's going to skate every night. Plus, he's right sided, um, and, and the stars need that. But you know, I, I think he, he hasn't come in and just set the world alight. But I think he's done more or less what he was intended to do, which is firm up that third pairing alongside alongside Andre Sekera, give the Stars good minutes, and when he gets a chance to get into the offensive zone and use some of that forward knowledge that he has from being a forward um, at times in his career and, and kind of use that to to create a little bit of a new dimension. The Stars really like to engage their the defensemen. We know this. We saw it in the playoffs under Rick Bonus. We've seen it a little bit more this year. Um and and you know having a, having that on your third pairing as well as your first and second, I think is important. So Pesic grade him, gonna give him a uh, a B as well. Came in, I don't think he's done anything. You know he didn't set the world on fire or anything like that, but he's done his job. I think he's done it pretty well. Um, you know he's got a plus three rating, which is solid, giving the stars some some good minutes. Um, in in that third pairing alongside Andre Sekera, B for him. He is a UFA after this year as well. 
I'm interested to see what the Stars would do. Obviously, I think Thomas Harley is going to be kind of play a factor. But the Stars have four defensemen heading to free agency. One of those, Miro Haskinen, who's a restricted free agent. He's not going anywhere. But the Stars are going to have to do some kind of shuffling with their defensemen uh, group this offseason. Uh, Jimmy Alexiak, a UFA. Pesic, Hanley, all UFAs. And then you got a guy like Thomas Harley who's coming up, who's uh, probably going to want to be in the NHL mix and probably will be in the NHL mix next season. And you and you got some other guys uh, at the top of your minor league system that you could probably slot in as, as a seventh D man or something like that if you needed it. So I'll, you'll have to see what they do with Pesic. I don't think they. I mean, I wouldn't be against them bringing him back if it's another similar deal to what he's got. You got a one year seven hundred fifty thousand dollar deal, something in that range again. Uh, you know, maybe even a two year deal under that kind of that kind of price range or even a little bit more. I might could be intrigued by it just because I think he's only twenty nine. I think there's still a little upside there to to be found. And and once he, you know, I think he'll get. He's a guy I think is going to get better. As the season goes on, being with a new team, kind of, you know, and then obviously having training camp interrupted like the Stars did, having the season kind of be choppy like it has been so far. I think he's a guy that the consistent games, once he settles in, I think he I think he could bring uh, bring even more to this team. Give him a B, long-term outlook. You know, not sure he's here next year, but I don't think I'd be against him being here next year uh, by any stretch. And uh, short-term, he's going to be the third-pairing defenseman with Andre Secker. That's, I mean, that's pretty much set in stone at this point. All right, uh, let's take a let's take a break real quick. When we come back, we'll do Andre Sekera and uh, and Jamie Alexiak and wrap up this uh, this Friday episode. Before we step aside, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props, and almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. That promo code locked on, by the way, 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Back here at the Locked On Stars podcast, every Wednesday on Locked On NHL, take a deep dive into the Western Conference with Sarah Avampato of Locked On Kings and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers. Whether it's a look at the top-end contenders in the Western Conference like Vegas and Colorado or breaking down the rebuilds of the Kings and the Blackhawks, Locked On NHL has you covered on the Western Conference Wednesdays. Subscribe to the Locked On pod, uh, NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we're talking about defensemen. We already talked about Mark Pesic. We talked about Joel Hanley. We're going to talk about Mark Pesic's D-man partner now, and that is the 34-year-old Andre Sekera. Andre Sekera uh, has obviously he's missed a little bit of the season because of COVID. Last year, though, with his first year with the Stars, played in 57 games, was a plus nine was very, very efficient for the Stars team. And we didn't know if they would bring him back, um, you know, just because of for, for cap reasons and, and would they – you know, not necessarily be priced out of a move, but would they want to conserve, 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 conserve some cap space, um, and and opt for a cheaper option? And they decided to bring him back on a two-year deal, uh, two-year deal, uh, worth uh, three million dollars. So not expensive by any stretch. Sekera is he's he's old, reliable, right? He's a veteran. I think that helps the Stars team. He, he looked solid in the in the playoffs. I thought he had a, a fairly strong playoffs, um, especially towards the end of the run. You know, early on he was shaky at times when the Stars were conceding goals left and right. Um, but I think he had you know later in the in the postseason, I thought he had some some deep decent performances. 
He's a third D-man, right? And he's going to skate more because he's a penalty killer, which is helpful. Having a third D-man that can skate, you know, significant penalty kill minutes per night is is very helpful. Um, and he's reliable on both ends, right? He's made seven games so far this year, a plus one. He's skating a little under what his ice time was last year. He skated 18 minutes a night last season. He's skating 17-20 uh, this year. Still a lot of minutes, though, for a third D-man guy. And that's because, you know, because he can he can flex on the special teams and, and be very, very helpful on special teams, I think is why, uh, you know, he's it's, it's why he's going to get that jump in, in time on ice per night. And uh, I think that's a useful tool to have. Um you you look at him in, in kind of his season so far, it's hard to evaluate because we really haven't seen him a ton, you know, and Joel Hanley, right? We've seen Joel Hanley six games and I evaluated him, but he's the seventh D man. You're not supposed to see him a ton. You're supposed to see him in, in little spurts here and there. Andre Sekera, you kind of are trying to evaluate him on an every night basis. And obviously we haven't seen him every night. So, um, you know, evaluating him's a little bit tougher. I probably go, uh, you know, B minus for, for Sekera so far this year. Um, you know, I think he's been solid. I, I think he's he's done his job. His job is to is to not give up goals when he's on the ice. I mean, that's really what his his main job is, and then be an effective penalty killer. Penalty kills been kind of up and down, and, and maybe that knocks him down a little bit. Um, but on the whole, I, I you know he's been fairly. I think he's been fairly strong for this team, and um, I I think he, you know he 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 does his job really well. Um, he doesn't bring a whole lot offensively, uh, but that's the whole point. I think he's one. I think when when he and Pesic get some legitimate run together under their belts, I think they both kind of are going to take a step forward. I think Sekera is going to benefit from having a guy who can play a little bit in the offensive zone, kind of help the Stars sustain some zone time, even with that third pairing out there. And I think uh, Pesic's going to help, kind of be benefited from playing along a guy who's a veteran with with uh, solid attributes like Andre Sekera. Looking at the long-term outlook uh, beyond looking at the long-term outlook beyond this year, uh, he's obviously he's under contract next year. He'll be back next year um, in that same spot uh, on the third pairing. I'm I'm pretty certain of that. I don't think the Stars are going to look to move on from him. 1.5 million dollar cap hit, not really, you know, something much to be fussed about plus when they're already potentially going to have to replace three defensemen next season, um, depending on who they they sign and don't sign. Um, and a re-sign. Uh, I don't think they're going to look to move on from Sekera. Beyond that, you know, once that contract's over, I don't think you know. I don't think the Stars bring him back past that. He'd be going on 36. I think the Stars would probably just search for another option. But if he goes, you know, fills out his contract and he can give the Stars good three really good years uh, in that third pairing. Um, short term, he's going to be on that third pairing, and he's going to be a penalty killer, and, and that's Andre Secker. That's what they brought him in to do. So, uh, those are kind of your outlook. That's your outlook on Andre Secker. Real quick, let's wrap up with uh, with Jamie Alexiak, and this is where it gets a little bit more interesting. Um, no offense to the other three guys, but Alexiak kind of kind of kicks off the guys who really you can kind of get into because they are having uh, impacts on the game every single night. Looking at Alexiak. Uh, obviously, the 28-year-old defenseman who had a, uh, a resurgent resurgence with the Stars when he was uh, reacquired from the Pittsburgh Penguins back in tw- uh, 2018-19 season, played 21 games there, um, looked b- more confident as a defenseman. But then 2019-20, last season was kind of his 
his breakout year. He had a 10-point season uh, in 69 games. It was defensively, I think, even stronger, skating alongside Mira Haskin, and he really found his niche uh, and his, his kind of drive and groove in the playoffs. Uh, you look at his playoff totals from last year, 9 points in 27 games for the Stars and was a plus 11. Those are some absurd stats for a guy who was traded for a draft pick, a late-round draft pick, and then reacquired for that same draft pick because the other team just decided, hey, we'd rather actually have that draft pick back, right? Um, so, you know, from a, from a star's perspective, Alexiak being in the lineup and being solid is house money, right? Because they traded him away and were able to just get him back for the, you know, just undo the trade pretty much, bring him back in to be a depth defenseman. And here he is a legitimate top four defenseman with this Dallas stars team. He's got two points through 12 games so far this year, both of those goals. He's uh even plus minus on the year skating uh, a little over 18 minutes a night. We've seen a jump in that last year. He skated 1550 during the regular season per game. He's up to over 18 in the playoffs. He skated uh, just under 22. So that, that's where that jump comes from. Obviously it helps that you're skating with Miro Haskinen, who is going to be on the ice quite a bit for this stars team. Um, that's where a lot of Alexiak's jump in, in ice time has come. Big body going to hit block shots, 21 block shots, 30 hits. Uh, he's going to, you know, he's going to fill up the lane and, and he uses that reach really, really well. Um, and I, I think we're going to see him to continue to develop. I think expectations were maybe that, you know, he could not that he could produce at the same level he did in the postseason. That's a tough ask. The stars as a team are going to struggle to produce like they did in that postseason run. Um, and we see, you know, we've seen his line mate not really produce at that level either. But I think what you can ask for is uh, is him to continue to kind of get into the offensive zone, kind of prey on the fact that teams are going to take, you know, extra caution against Miro Haskinen. And because of that, you're going to get some extra opportunities you may not otherwise get because, you you know, you kind of get left uh, on an island. Sometimes we've seen him pinch down. We've seen him jump on rushes. He's he's a, he's a talented athlete, and that helps him as a defenseman. He's, he's big. He's long. He's a, he's a pretty solid skater, um, has a fantastic reach. You know, he's he's one that I think the Stars are going to try to lock up. We're moving to the long term. I think the Stars are going to try to bring him back. He's a UFA at the end of the year. I don't know what it's going to take to keep him. He's on a little over two million, two point one million this year. I think if you're the Dal- if you're Dallas, you want to get him back because um, I think he pairs well with Miro Haskinen. And you know, I don't know that you have another top four defenseman in your system right now. You, I mean, Thomas Harley maybe. But I don't think you don't want. Tom, I don't want Tom personally. I don't want Thomas Harley skating with Miro Haskinen right now because it it limits Haskinen as good as Miro Haskinen is, and he's phenomenal, and he's good as he is both directions. He's a great offensive defenseman, great in his own zone as well. I don't want him to be limited by the fact that he's having to cover for for Thomas Harley, who's going to be still getting his feet wet. Is a great offensive defenseman. That is where his bread and butter is as a prospect but lacks a little bit defensively right now and, and needs to kind of develop the awareness and the anticipation. I don't want him next to Miro Haskin and kind of maybe causing Haskin to either rely, you know, relying on Miro Haskin to cover for him or just not not having Miro Haskin and wanting having Miro Haskin and keep doing his thing and the stars get caught out because both of the defensemen are, are pinched in or, or trying to uh, create something offensively when there's nothing there. So, yeah, I I think they try to bring back Jamie Lexiak. I, I don't think he'd be overly expensive. He's only 28, so you might could get him on a three or four year deal, um, and 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 tie him up kind of long term and and keep him in Dallas because I think he's got, I think he's going to continue to get better and, and uh, 
I, I think this is, you know, I think there's another level to his game where he can kind of sustain somewhere in between the kind of production we saw from him in the postseason and what we're seeing from him right now. Uh, as far as a grade, he's tough to grade. Um, B minus kind of same, same area. You know, I, I hesitate to get guys C pluses um, because that's, you know, when I read, when I hear C plus, I think not gr- good, even though that's really pretty average. I don't, he's been above average. I think, I think the, um, you know, I think the points will come. He's got a couple of goals. I think he's probably got to refine how often he pinches in. He pinches in a lot. He's actually pinched in a little bit more than Miro Haskin in the offensive zone sometimes it feels like in games. You know, when those guys are out there and it's a defenseman, you know, coming in and, and getting in behind the net, it feels like it's not Miro Haskin very often. It's, it's Jamie Alexiak. And so, you know, I'd like to see him strike a little bit more of that balance. But all that being said, I think he's been fairly productive. This defense group has been still really pretty good for the Stars. You know, they've had some some games where they haven't been phenomenal. But as a whole, they're, I don't think they're the reason these Stars are uh, losing games so far. So uh, I think Alexiak's been solid. Short-term, fourth man, uh, fourth uh, top four defenseman um, and uh, in, in second pairing with Miro Haskin and there's no, there's no secret there. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode. We come back tomorrow. We'll have, uh, we'll break down Essel Lindell, John Klingberg and Miro Haskin and, and, uh, and then Sunday we will be, I think we're going to post that Sunday, maybe Monday. We'll get you ready for the uh, Florida Panthers uh, series with a, a crossover episode with Locked on Panthers, but that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, if you haven't, make sure to follow on Twitter at Locked on Stars. You can follow my personal account as well at Kenneth underscore Nash 19 and make sure to, to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so we show up in your feed every day uh have a good friday evening if you're listening to this on saturday have a good saturday and know that there's another episode headed your way later on saturday but until then i will talk to you tomorrow you're locked on stars your daily podcast on the dallas stars part of the locked on podcast network your team every day